0: chance or circumstance that you've gathered in this place but it's by divine appointment in alignment with the will of God do you know that timing is everything with the Lord timing is everything with God but the barns we ask ourselves why would I have even been born at such a time as this but God himself in his wise providence knew the era for which he would call you into existence. I need to tell somebody in this room today you are not a mistake. I need to tell someone in this room today your life is of great value to God, your creator. And you were born for such a time as this. Well, after all that singing and wonderful testimony, it ought to really be easy to minister to this group of people. I want to read one verse in your hearing. If you would do me the honors to stand as we glean from the Word of God together recorded in the Psalms. Amen. Chapter number 27 and verse 14. Psalm 27, 14. Would you do me one favor and be really mindful today. Be really reverent to the presence of God that's in this room. I have a lot of my family whom are here today that I have not seen in some time. And it always excites me to see my family in the house of the Lord. Always, always excites me. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord in Psalm 27 and verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, On the Lord wait on the Lord while waiting be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart wait I say on the Lord father in heaven we thank you for your word we thank you today for your power for your presence we thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit who has met us in this service through the wonderful songs of praise and adoration you today have made your presence known right now I arrest every thought I arrest every effort and ounce of energy that the enemy would muster Father God to disrupt this service and I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would minister into the lives of all listeners in the powerful name of Jesus God's church said amen and amen if I were to use a subject thoughter text in your hearing today it would be along these lines in his timing in his timing somebody say pastor I don't understand well timing is defined as the choice judgment or control of when something should be done to understand God's timing the first thing we need to understand about the timing of God is it's perfect Amen. Amen. It's perfect because he inspired the writers to pen it as he gave them dictation. Psalm 18 and 30 says it like this. Psalm chapter 18, 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. And He is a shield to all who trust in Him. Can I bless you and tell you the timing of God is never too early? It would be a real good blessing for you to know that the timing of God is never too late. Oh, my somebody. Because the wonderful thing about God is that even before we were born, until the last breath of our lives, God is accomplishing His divine purpose specifically designed for every single one of us in this room. And I want to help you understand that with all the events that are shaking the globe around us right now, you get this, friend. With all the events shaking the globe around us right now, history will record that not so much as one event has ever put a wrinkle In the timing of God's eternal plan. Won't that bless you? Not even one event in the recorded history of mankind has ever put one wrinkle in the timing of God's eternal plan. You say, preacher, how can that possibly be? If you've heard Pastor Terry promote anything, you've heard me promote this. God is not a responder to the things that shape our world. That's because God is a planner. Somebody say amen. Amen. And preacher, how do you know that that, that God is a planner? I know that God is a planner because, Brother Freeman, he designed his plan even before the foundations of the world were ever formed. Oh, glory to God. So the first thing, Brother Delton, I need to understand about the timing of God is that God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. Those girls said, Lord, you need to come. Our brother Lazarus, he's sick. But the Bible tells me Jesus remained a distance away from him for a total of four days. They said, Lord, if you only would have came, our brother would still be here. But I heard Jesus when he said, do you believe I'm the resurrection? They said, yeah, Lord, we believe in the resurrection, and we know that we're going to be raised in the life. Jesus said, no, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. Jesus said, amen, if he died in me, he's going to be resurrected again. And that's a reality, my friend. The second thing we need to really grasp when it comes to understanding the timing of God is that it becomes a matter of trust. Somebody say trust. Trust is complete confidence in the Lord. It's another key to understanding God's timing. When we open this verse, the first word was the word wait. That's something we have a problem with in here in America, isn't that right? We want everything microwave. We want everything handed to us uh, when it's convenient for us. But the word wait, uh, it means to look eagerly for. In other words, with the spirit of anticipation. The word wait means to occupy a state of readiness. Oh, my God. Let's look at Psalm 32 and 10. Psalm 32 and 10, many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. What is that? Isn't that a comfort for us today as the body of Christ, the people of God? Because in order for us to fully trust God, there's something important that has to take place. Brother Jerry, in order to fully trust God, we need to know him. But pastor, how can I know God? How can I know God? I want to tell you the best way in all the world that I've discovered to know God. The best way that I know in the whole world to know God is to know his word. Help me, saints of God. The best way to know God is to know His Word. Look at Psalm 119 and 105. Amen. It tells us something really important. It says, God, your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You want to understand the Bible? Uh, There's one key thing we need to do and know this that Scripture always interprets Scripture. What does a lamp do? A lamp provides light. Help me, Saints of God. And what would that light do? Light would illuminate or even dispel the darkness. So God doesn't want us walking around, amen, in complete confusion. God wants to make his will, his plans, his intentions, his desires for each of our lives known. And he will do so in his timing. In his timing. But the Bible tells us of some entangling roots false values, and philosophies in our world. So how do I dispel those things? By studying, meditating on the Word of God. Brother Tommy, when we do these things, it's then that the will of God becomes very clear. It becomes, Brother Barnes, completely obvious to us the more that we meditate, the more that, Brother Jerry, we study the Word of God, then His timing, His will becomes clear to us. You say, but yeah, pastor, there are all kind of obstacles. There are all kind of bumps in the road that deter the will of God. There are all kinds of things that try to distract us from discerning or knowing the will of God. You want me to help you with the first one? The first thing that distracts or sidetracks us or knocks us off the path, amen, to knowing God and his will and his timing for our life is that of fleshly desires. Fleshly desires. When I use the, use the word flesh, I mean it's relating to the human desires. It's relating to bodily appetites. Somebody help me. So I ask myself this question. How can I know if the desires, Sister Zina, of my heart are from God? How can I know if my heart's desires are from God? That's a tough one, isn't it? Isn't that a tough one? Look at Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. He doesn't stop there. He says the heart is desperately wicked. And sums it up with a question. Who can know it? If I were to poll this audience and say to you today, do you know your heart? Before I read that scripture, there's not a doubt in my mind there would be an overflowing response of hands raised saying, I know my heart. But the Bible reiterates this fact. You do not know your heart. It is deceitful above all things. And your heart is desperately wicked. Matthew 15, 19. Matthew 15 and 19. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Where did Jesus say that originated? Help me. In the heart. Where? In the, heart. In the heart. In the heart. The core. Of man's existence. Out of the heart. So you say today I know my heart. Well the Bible has proven that that is not true. We do not know our heart. For in Matthew 15, 19, Jesus reveals a gripping reality. Help me, Holy Ghost. He says that deep within the crooks and the crevices, deep within the valleys and the reserves of our innermost beings, lie the thoughts, the intentions, and secret desires that only our mind and our heart can envision. Jesus would say we are rotten to the core. Help me, somebody. Oh my, my, my. We will say uh, but I'm I'm good. Jesus said don't even call me good for there is none good save the Father. Look at Micah chapter 2 and verse number 1. Micah chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says woe to those who devise iniquity and work out evil on their beds. At morning light they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. What is the prophet saying? The prophet is simply saying that we devise or we create evil thoughts and things in the arrogance and self sufficiency of our own hearts, folks. Uh, without God, we are a miserable mess. Amen. The prophet said, "We lay in bed." And devise iniquity. Oh my God, somebody. says we work out evil on our beds, then at morning we can't wait to practice it. But you know your heart. You know your heart. The prophet said your speech betrays you. I want you to know today that we all suffer from a common frailty. Somebody say, my God. We all suffer from a common weakness. What is that common weakness? It is the weakness of sin. Glory to God. And the Bible says that Jesus did not abandon mankind in his struggles or in his sinful tendencies. But somebody ought to bless him today to know that in his perfect timing, in God, timing is everything. And when the time got right, hello, saints of God, that's when God released Jesus to be born into this world to die at the hands of sinful men. To be the supreme sacrifice for all the sins of humanity. In his timing. The song says you can't hurry God. Sometime you just have to wait. Hey somebody, he's a God. You can't hurry. Tell your neighbor he'll be there. Don't you worry. He may not come when you want him, but it's always right on time. Somebody ought to just give him glory in this house. Amen. He might not come when you want him, but it's right on time. I want to tell you today that if the devil would have had his way, he'd have took you out. You don't want to hear this witness. Some of y'all like, Pastor, don't, don't don't rehash those memories in my mind. I've always had control of my senses and faculties. Amen. No, you didn't. Amen. There are times I've heard some of you in this room say I was so intoxicated that I don't even know how I got home. I want to bless you and tell you that it was in God's good grace and God's good timing that he didn't let the devil, glory to God, swoop in and take you out. Amen. The devil would have had his way, you wouldn't be here today. But the hand of God stayed the attack of the enemy. The song said, And what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good. You ain't gonna help me, I'll help myself. Brother Joy, just a few short years ago, you could have perished in the darkness of night. But the, oh glory, the hand of God came by, amen to your rescue. Satan said oh yeah I've got you right where I want you amen. The prognosis didn't look good but God leaned in and in an instant God said the time ain't right. The time ain't right yet but when the time is right amen I'm going to move on the behalf of my children. I'm going to move in the favor of all those who have prayed. I'm going glory to God to deliver right right on time right on time ain't that just like God Amen. amen it don't take a whole lot of singing to get me happy you know how I feel about happiness it comes and goes but I'll tell you one thing all I got to do to get excited in the Lord is reflect on the joy of the Lord that has been so prominent in my life and on display hello think about your son Mike how in the wee hours of that morning that the enemy would have had his way he'd have took him out and he wouldn't even had knowledge of it come on saints of God amen this is real amen this is real this is where the rubber meets the road I wouldn't embarrass Michael Dane for anything in this world but I want to tell you one thing son the Bible said amen to God today the day of salvation and tomorrow's is not promised. If the devil would have had his way, you'd have been took out early that morning. But somehow or another... God, in his miraculous providence, he he put a a guardian angel over you, even in a state of subconsciousness, even when you didn't even know you was in this world, even when you didn't know you were in existence, it was God who was still hovering over you, preserving you, protecting you for a time, amen, that you would have an opportunity to call on him for the salvation of your soul. Somebody ought to thank God. He didn't leave you where he found you. I said you ought to thank him. He didn't leave you where he found you. Those fleshly desires catering to the appetites of this body separated me from God. But God loved me when I didn't know how to love myself. Hello, saints of God. I love what Paul said to the churches in the province of Galatia in Galatia chapter 4. I quoted this scripture on last Sunday. It bears repeating because it just gives the devil a black eye every time I read it. Every time I read it when the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son. Born of a woman. Born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Verse 6. Hallelujah. Verse number 6. Look what the Bible goes on to tell us in the next verse. Hallelujah. Anybody glad to be a son or a daughter of God in this room today? Come on, we need to act like we're glad to be a son or a daughter of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, that was weak. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I said if you are a son or a daughter of God, you ought to be excited to shout Hallelujah. He said, because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. You're a son or a daughter of God. You say, wait, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm no relation to Jesus. Yes, you are. If you receive that adoption, you are his son, you're his daughter. And Paul says through the Lord Jesus Christ, God in his perfect timing provided both the grace and the strength that we needed to overcome sin. Glory to God somebody. What happened even when sin was crouching at the door of our hearts? It was God who said, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Sin was crouching. Ready to pounce on us as defenseless prey when Jesus stepped in. Let me tell you something interesting about the plan of God. About the will of God. The will of God is forever being revealed. Hello? The will of God is being revealed through his word. And in the due process of time, touch your neighbor and say, God isn't trying to hide it from you. He wants to make it known. And he won't tell somebody else to tell you. He'll tell you first. He might use someone else to confirm what he said. But he will tell you first. How about the wee hours of the morning in 1 Samuel? When Hannah had that little boy, she said, Lord, if you bless me with a son, at the time of his weaning, I will dedicate him to your service. Anybody know him? His name was Samuel. In the wee hours of the morning, in the priest's quarters, Holy Ghost, help me. Woo! Glory to God. He was lying in the comforts of the priest's quarters where the home of the Lord Spoke to him. And when he spoke to him. He thought Eli. Called him. So he arose. From his place of sleep and slumber. And he entered the room of Eli. And he asked. Did he call? No son. I didn't call you. Go on. Back to sleep. He heard that voice again. And reacted in the same. I'm trying to help somebody. He reacted in the same way. Eli said son. Just go on. Back to sleep now. I didn't call you. But if. That voice. Calls you one more time. Here's the response. I want you to have. Lord. Thy servant. Heareth, oh God Almighty, thy servant heareth thee. You know what I'm trying to tell somebody in this room? The Lord's been calling you, but you haven't recognized his voice. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I said God has been calling you, but you have not recognized his voice. How do I recognize God's voice? By knowing him. You've got to know him. How do I know? How do I comprehend the voice of God? Amen. That means to apprehend, it means to understand with clarity and with certainty. Are you with me? In the book of Judges, there's a story that unfolds before us in chapter number six, and it begins with verse 17. Continues on through verse 22. It's where an angel of the Lord appears to a valiant warrior named Gideon. Do you know that during the time of the judges they had no ruler? Follow me? One of the main verses in the book of Judges is that every man did what was right in his own eyes? Hmm? They were oppressed by the Midianites, and Gideon was a valiant warrior for God. So let me ask you something: What do you do when you don't know what to do? Huh? Somebody said, "Call on you, boy. That'd be a great that that, that would be a great time." to call on the Lord. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Call on the Lord. Gideon through prayer gets the attention of God. And God, brother Freeman, sends an angel. Listen, this man had a physical revelation from God. Did he not? Listen, I want you to I don't have time to preach that that that, that whole chapter, but I want you to read it in your leisure. He had a physical revelation from God. An angel, a divine being, came down from the heavenly realm and communed with a man whose name was Gideon. But you know what happened? Even after Brother Michael, he has this physical revelation from God. It's not enough. Anybody ever been there? Can I help somebody for a moment? It's just like we human beings to be filled with questions. (laughs) Isn't it just like us that when God says something we say, Lord, you sure? Isn't that right? Isn't it just like us when God speaks directly to us that we will say, show me a sign. Can I get one witness in this room? Yeah. Brother Jerry, is that just like us? When we're facing a career decision, can I help you? We're facing a career decision and we don't know what to, God, I don't know what to do, Lord. Lord, I have communed with you. I have studied your word. I have sought your face in prayer. But God, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. Show me a sign. Is that what Gideon said? Gideon said, I'm going to lay out this fleece. It's wool. I'm going to know you with me. I'm paraphrasing now. Don't you don't, don't, don't go home and, and take this verbatim word for word and face value. I'm paraphrasing what happened in this scenario from verses 36 through 40 of that very same chapter. Gideon said, I'll tell you what we're going to do, God. I'm going to lay out this fleece. And if this is you. Lord, if this is you. Let the fleece be wet. And the ground be dry. Oh, God have mercy. Oh, glory to God. Anybody ever laid out one like that before God? And then what did Gideon say when God showed him that one? He flipped. He said, Lord. I got to know that I know. I got to know that I know that I know. So Gideon said, God, flip the script. Reverse what I just asked you for and do the complete opposite. And you know what? God would do that, and we still holding the. We're still holding the reins. No, Lord. no, Lord, can you give me one? How many signs is it going to take? Can you hear me, somebody? How many signs is it going to take for you to understand that it's really God? Are you going to have to hear the audible voice of God? Well, he speaks. Somebody said, I don't understand. I said, God speaks. He has a voice. It's unmistakable. He has a voice. Here's one we really bless you. You don't have to be Gideon. You don't have to be Samuel. Because we got something that neither Gideon nor Samuel had. Are y'all following? You're on the edge of your seats right now, aren't you? You're like, well then how preacher can I know the voice of God therefore discerning his perfect will in his time? We have something that Gideon and Samuel did not have. We have the authoritative inspired word of God. They didn't have the word of God. But we have it. Inspired means God to breed. We have the inspired, inerrant word of the living God. How can I know him, Brother Gerald? How can I know him? Oh, God, somebody. Look at John 10, 27. I'm trying to hurry. Look at John 10, 27. Glory to God. You see, to hear God's voice. We must belong to God. To hear his voice, we must belong to God. What's John 10, 27 say? My sheep hear my voice. You, does anybody know there's a difference between hearing and listening? You better, I'll preach the series all over again. There is a difference between hearing and listening. To hear means to perceive by ear. But listening means to pay attention so you can hear. That's the difference. That's what it means. We have something they did not have. The inspired word of God. My sheep hear not my voice. I know them and they follow me. How can you follow Him if you don't know Him? That's going to be pretty challenging to follow God when we don't know Him. And the more that we spend intimate time with God, the easier it becomes to recognize His voice and therefore connect with His leading and timing and will for our life. Have you invested your life in knowing the will of God? How many are determined in this room that you will not walk outside of the will of God? Are we asking God for the direction of our souls? That he will give us guidance? My God, I don't want to make one decision without God. Somebody say, Pastor, I struggle. I, 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 I struggle with, with really knowing if it's God or if it's not. Let me tell you what happens with bank tellers. You know, those people that handle all your money. Those persons are so trained that by touch and with the natural eye, they can tell a fake. I said, I said the important word. They are trained. There's been an extensive amount of time invested so that they know by sight and by touch if it's the real deal. What you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you that by investing time and tuning into your spiritual senses, you will know the voice of God. You'll know it. That's why Jesus emphasized this in John 10, 27. My sheep know my voice. I don't know how many of you saw this little, this, this little um, um, ad that someone had put out there, but, but it showed this pasture full of sheep. And it showed all kinds of people walking up to the edge of that fence and calling those sheep. Man, they didn't even raise their head. They just kept grazing. You getting the point? But the moment that the rightful caregiver to those sheep walked up to that fence and he he let out some kind of cry, those things started coming from everywhere. Are you following what I'm saying? Listen, they weren't walking. They were running. Why were they running, Sister Heather? Because their provider, their caretaker, the one who sheltered them from the storm—God have mercy—the one who fed them when they were the one who led them to green a path, the one—help me, Holy Ghost—who led them beside the still water. He had come to see about them. They recognized his voice, and they responded to who he was. How am I going to know the voice of God? Get to know Him. You know Him through His Word. Listen, as the people of God, we should be so familiar with the Word of God that when somebody speaks error from the Word of God, we correct them. Amen. Don't, don't Listen, don't think that uh, you're being abrasive and or harsh. But when somebody starts misquoting scripture, oh, 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 wait, that's not what the Bible said. That's right. Here's one people love to say. The Bible said that money, boy, that money is the root of all. No, it doesn't. It says the love of money. is the. People say that because they don't want to see you blessed. The love of money is the root of all evil, not money itself. Hello? We ought to be so familiar with the Bible, the word of God, that when people quote it in error, we in love Correct them. Now I'm not a resident expert on the scriptures. I don't know everything that the Bible says. But I guarantee you one thing. What I do know you will not twist me up on. I do know that. Because I've invested enough time. In the careful study and thorough examination of the word of God. To know what it says. Musicians are coming. Lord. Give me. Confirmation. Isn't that just like us? Lord, give me the confirmation. One, two, three signs ain't good enough. It's still Lord. Give me the confirmation. Listen. Confirmation is proof. Confirmation is verification. If we're confused about whether or not we're hearing God, there's some things we need to do. We're concerned to the point that we're confused on whether or not we're hearing from God. I'm talking about walking in God's timing, in God's will, God's desire for your life. The first thing we need to do is pray. Somebody say pray. Pray. No, not now I lay me down to sleep. Some of y'all 50 years old still saying that prayer. Say, preacher, what's wrong? with well, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong with it. No more than when you invite me to lunch and you say, let's pray. And you say, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. Amen. Didn't even say in Jesus' name. Jesus taught us how to pray. Some of us let the devil confuse us with prayer. You know what new converts tell me? I don't, I don't know how to pray. You don't have any trouble talking. We don't, we don't have any trouble talking. Isn't that what prayer is? Isn't prayer talking to God? We're gonna complicate everything. Man, I'm I, man, I can't I can't talk to God. Really? You can't talk to God? But you can talk to complete strangers. Who knows you better than God? He created you in his image and in his likeness. It's easy to talk to God. Here's where we get confused. We don't understand that talking also involves listening. What is prayer? Talking to God. Open communication to God. I'm trying to help somebody here. What is prayer? Not only is prayer interaction with God, prayer is an act of worship that glorifies God. And also reinforces our need for Him. That's what prayer is. Now I'm looking in the face of some of you. And some of you are already formulating this thought in your mind. What I'm going what to what pray about. What I'm going what I'm to pray about. Everything. Pray about Everything. I don't know what to pray. Have you watched the news lately? Have you seen what's going on in the county lately? Have you eyewitnessed the struggles of your own immediate family? Pray about everything. You want me to tell you the greatest blessing as a believer? is when you get to pray for more people than you pray for yourself. Woo! Glory to God. Man, that's the greatest blessing. When you find yourself in a place that you don't even need to ask God for anything because you're so blessed. You got good health. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ain't got one ailment. Not laid up in a hospital nowhere for folks having to cater to your physical need. Man, that'd be a good time to pray for somebody else. Y'all heard me say this. I don't care if it hair lifts the devil. I'm going to say it anyway. Praise the Lord. I love to share life experiences. And i prayed to God about everything you can probably think about. But I'm telling you, when my grandbaby was in that hospital, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. When I got on that interstate coming south that morning, God said, he's already healed. And I need you to believe that. I said, Lord, I'm done praying. I said, I'm done praying for him. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. I said, God, I won't ask you to do one more thing for my grandbaby. But I want you to do it in the life of somebody else's grandchild. And you don't know. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm I'm a very compassionate person when it comes to people. I just love people I can't help God made me like this I just love people and man I would put my arms around people I didn't even know water rolling down their face they'd say to me that little boy he has more company than I don't know why it's evident that that little boy is loved and it would just give me an opportunity to say what's going on with your infant what's going on with your baby and when those folks would tell me sister Mary without hesitation I'd say can we pray you know what they'd say now I'd say, yeah, right now. You know, you want to shock the socks off of somebody? Don't people see you all the time out and about in in life and they say, pray for us. You want to shock the socks off? Grab them right there and pray. Some of them probably be so embarrassed. They say, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, when you go home. But I would grab those people and I would pray I would pray with them Amen to God and it's not because of who I am Lord have mercy hear me somebody It ain't because of who I am But it's because of who he is And what he's done And when the, when the whole thing was over said and done I would just feel the peace of God That would just hover over my life And give me the comfort brother Harvest And confirmation in knowing The Lord heard my prayer He heard my prayer I need to tell you That you really need to understand this when you pray You need to understand that just because God's delayed Don't mean he's denied You get that I said you need to understand that just because God has delayed In giving you an answer It doesn't mean he's denied giving you one Didn't we say that timing with God is everything Didn't we say that Didn't we understand that timing with God is everything God knows what we need And in his timing the Lord himself will show us what's best. He'll show us. Look at James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. James 1, 5 and 6. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from James. I'm sorry, honey. James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. I apologize. James. Did I say John? I was excited myself. But James chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 says it like this. If any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given to him here's how James said ask ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind James is speaking about practical discernment and what James is saying is practical discernment gives us the ability to make wise decisions even in the midst of difficult circumstances that's what it does Another thing you need to keep in mind is that God does not grant our every selfish and thoughtless request. We ask God for things we know we have no business with. Oh my. Lord, give me confirmation. Study the Word. Study the Word of God. Study means devote time and attention to acquiring knowledge on this book as the subject matter. For the Bible... Is the principal way that God speaks to us. Amen? The Bible. Scripture, listen, Scripture in reality. I'm going to tell you what the Bible is it's the Word of God spoken by God. The Bible. The Word of God spoken by God. I'm talking about God's timing now talking about God's timing. Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us something about scripture it tells us it's sharper than any two edged sword Then it says it's living it's powerful it pierces even to the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart So let me encourage you, let the Bible, God's Word, be the judge of our every thought. No matter how strong the urge is, if it is contrary to God's Word, it must be rejected. Stand with me all over this building. Lastly, lastly, Father, give me the confirmation. Follow the Holy Spirit. Spirit's leading follow the Holy Spirit's leading follow means to go or to come after to lead means to guide can I bless somebody and tell you in this room that the Holy Ghost is not an it the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit of God is a person he is the third person of the Trinity Amen. He is not some supernatural force. This isn't Star Wars. Hello? The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, John chapter 14. But I'm going to pray to my Father. And He's going to send to you another comforter which is the Holy Spirit those are the words of Jesus come here brother Harold stand right there to follow means to follow means that I'm pursuing him that's right to follow means to go or to come after now I want to reverse the road I'm following him, but he's leading me. Come on, saints of God. Are y'all getting this? I'm following him, but he's leading me. Praise the Lord. And if we will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, thank you, brother. If we'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, there's no way we can miss God's timing. There's no way that we can be out of alignment with God's will. Amen. Amen. Somebody said even, even that happened in the process of time. You're exactly right. I asked chapter 2 in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was when? When the day of Pentecost was when? Fully come. What did that mean? Pentecost means 50. 50 days after the Passover Sabbath, the Holy Spirit came. What did that mean, Brother Homer? It meant that God released him at exactly the right time and precisely the right day. In his timing. In his timing. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Right now as they sing a song to the glory of God, the altar of the Lord is open. Knowing the will of God is important. His desire is for us to know His will who would come